We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast tuesday february 6 2024 i am jacob westendorf that is wow that is jacob morley uh, yeah lefts and rights are not a not a positive thing for me it's always been difficult i've been challenged in doing that but no Andy Herman tonight. We are recapping the Senior Bowl, uh, which just took place in Mobile, Alabama. The draft starts in Mobile, as Jim Nagy likes to say. But before we get to that, we have the pleasure of being able to take a stroll down memory lane for what is, in terms of sports, the second happiest day of my life in terms of sports is January 8th, 2024. That was a little less than a month ago. But the happiest day of my sports life it's February 6th, this day, in 2011. Jacob Morley, what happened on this day in 2011? I'm about to cry. I, I, that, didn't dawn, that didn't dawn on me oh, wow. until just was... now. No, uh, Yeah, obviously the Packers beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl. Nick Collins picked six. Greg Jennings getting his ring fitted. Jordy Nelson should have been the MVP if you could catch. Uh, I mean, spill it pick. It is time. I mean, what do you want? That I mean, just iconic win. The best Super Bowl win of all time for any franchise, many are saying. You know, uh, I've heard you that can say twice. you can say your team has won Super Bowls, and that's all fine and dandy, but that one was better than anyone else's. So as far as I'm concerned, so the stroll I want to take, he just kind of went through all the big moments. The other one is Charles Woodson celebrating like a pass breakup and then realizing his collarbone was broken. Uh yeah. so that was kind of funny. Woodson there's two photos from my – well, I mean, obviously the Super Bowls all have different iconic – like the iconic image from Super Bowl 31 is Brett Favre running around the helmet like a child and anybody yep. who's our age. That's, that's just when how I became that's, a fan. That right, that's literally how, when I became a fan. I was like, that is, I love this guy. This is cool. Right. I like football. That guy, these colors, all that stuff. I like football and I want to yep. be just like him. And that's exactly the iconic image from that. One of the other ones, though, is Reggie White running down, holding up the trophy, the first time he'd ever won a Super Bowl, a championship of any kind, which they talked about on the broadcast a bunch of times, because uh, my personal tradition is I watch the Super Bowl on the anniversaries each year, so January 26th, February 6th, and then whenever the Super Bowl is next year, February 10th or whatever that <laughs> falls on, uh, I'll just watch it live when the Packers are playing in the Super Bowl against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers and and doing that, so – That'll be a lot of fun to figure that out. Go ahead and bookmark that. If I happen to get that right, if I get wrong, make fun of me, whatever. I don't really care. But um, the iconic image from this game, obviously there's a few. Nick Collins on his knees in the end zone after the pick six with the flags all thrown around him. That was funny. Um, The um, Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers shoulder bump. And the The, uh, 
the the championship belt, Clay Matthews. Yep, I was going to say, I'm Aaron, looking at that right yeah. now. There's that. Uh, but the other one, Charles Woodson had a similar photo to the one of Reggie holding the trophy. Mm-hmm. Every- and Woodson was kind of the, the guy on that team. The way – I actually just recently – wrote this for Packers central. If you want to check that out, si.com slash NFL slash Packers, uh, Aaron Jones being the, the heartbeat of the team, which is Brian Gutekunst's words, not mine. And the way people talk about Aaron Jones is kind of the way that people talked about Charles Woodson, but like, listen, Aaron Rodgers is, I, I, I don't want to crawl on a rabbit hole, but Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers loves Aaron Rodgers uh, quite a bit. And the way that, Rodgers still even to this day as he's kind of changed with his age reveres Charles Woodson like talks about him um he said until Devonte said it was the best player he'd ever played with um and I wonder how he would feel if I asked him again now I feel like if you ask him 10 different days he might give you 10 different answers on those days between those two guys um so I, I'm interested in that, but I, I just kind of want to go through like what that day was, what that was like for you. I, I'm sure we've done this before, but I don't remember. And, you know, what I remember from that day is a mountain of stress. I was at the time, 19 years old, a very young and emotional fan. Uh, I am much more reserved now in my advanced age and frankly, maturity and changing of priorities. That certainly has, has done quite have one child and you guys will, Anybody who has had one will understand how quickly like the Packers losing in the playoffs just doesn't ruin my week anymore the way that it used to. Uh, It still stings, but it's not the way that it used to be. But at that time, I would would agree with you if you said I was overly dramatic that I would always say I just want to see them win one time in my cognizant lifetime before I die. And like you're 19 years old and that's what you're thinking of, but that's exactly how I felt at that time. Uh, watching the game start, I remember when they went up 21 to three and just thinking like, this is really going to suck if they blow this, like that's going to be terrible. And, uh, <laughs> almost did too. and then in they tried Packers, in true in true Packers fashion. They tried. I remember the Steelers scored before halftime. Woodson and Shields got hurt. And then the Steelers score, uh, early in the second half and they, it's 21, they, they doubled, they doubled up. Right. I feel like, I know that it was, no, Hines it was Green Bay. Scored. They just Green knocked it. Went, they punted. Green Bay went three and out because I think uh, they had two drops. Because remember, I think James Jones had a touchdown or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Uh, um, but I, I know the Packers. Out. Yeah, well, between that and some of the other stuff. But the the Steelers make it 21-17. I remember getting up to go to the bathroom and just muttering under my breath, we are effed. And I thought for sure that they were going to blow it. Um, but then, you know, they score, they hit. Greg Jennings for a touchdown, and then they hit Greg Jennings for, my opinion, uh, the greatest throw of Aaron Rodgers' career up the seam uh, with the whole NFL film shouting it's going to 85, it's going to 85. They knew where it was going, and you didn't stop it. It went right over Ike Taylor's fingertips. I think he even got a piece of it on its way to Greg Jennings. Um, it was incredible. And then, you know, the 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 last pass of the game hitting the ground, it was dive bomb and just sobbing with tears of joy. I was so happy for Like I said, from a sports standpoint, I'm, I'm happy to say now that at the time that was the happiest day of my life, bar none. Uh, but now as I'm older, the happiest day of my life has certainly changed a couple different times. Uh, and I'm also thankful that that is the case as well, that that is no longer the happiest day of my life. I'm fortunate to be able to say something like that now, but what a whirlwind that team was, man. I mean, from eight and six to 10 and six, the Packers of this year kind of, you know, had an opportunity to follow a similar path. They just, you know, they didn't, and that's okay. But that's kind of my memory from, from Super Bowl 45. And of course, that you mentioned Kevin Green, rest in peace. Yeah. But the goosebumps of telling my favorite player at the time was Clay Matthews and just telling him, you know, it's time. Woodson's gone. Nobody's stepping up and doing it. It's time for you to do it. And then a couple of plays later, they Maybe did. even the next play, he freaking forced a fumble. Like, if that game ends at 28-17, which it didn't, but if it ends at 28-17, like, we're all circling that play. as like, that is the biggest play of the game. And yeah. it still kind of was, even without it – turned, It turned the tie to that game. I felt like that stopped the blue. That was the first you know, play that, of the fourth quarter. Like Yeah, that was the, the third quarter play. was like, oh, we're out of the third quarter. Something like that. That quarter's gone. That quarter's done. And it really was like, they're going to do this. Because mm-hmm. once they did that, it was like, okay, 
you 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 rode the tide or you know you you made it through the worst and like that you know that play and when you see Desmond Bishop got it you know getting his hands on it and falling usually it's just like that was kind of the moment for me that I was like they're really gonna do this like they're really gonna do this thing so that was yeah and you know on top of all of that too like that was validation too for the Favre to Rogers stuff sure where you know, we go through Rogers' first few years as a starter, where you know Favre is in purple. You know, for two the conference of them. And title we got, game the year prior. Year prior, yeah, Favre and, and, was a bad pass away from going to the Super Bowl, a one that the yeah. team that beat him won. Right, right, yeah, and all of that stuff for people that were like, "Man, I I believe in Rogers. I believe that he's the guy." Like seeing him host that Lombardi was just so sweet to be like the Packers were right and you all were wrong. And remember, and so it was a different time back then too, right? Cause we didn't have, there's no Twitter as much. There wasn't as much Twitter and Facebook and debate shows and all that stuff to where, but the vitriol from switching from Favre to Rogers was very similar, if not the same to the way it is now with Jordan. I mean, there's that guy who famously said what do you have Brett Favre? You took us from the Super Bowl, Bowl to the toilet bowl or yeah, like, whatever that whatever that yeah. was. He says that like Jordan Love is just happening to be now in a in a situation where those things all exist, Twitter and Facebook and, mm-hmm. and everything for people to say this is the worst draft choice ever. And we have a completely different view of the way that we're supposed to treat the best players on the team. You know, it's funny because everybody now is criticizing the way the Saints and the Steelers quarterback situation is set up, for example, when the Packers had the foresight to get their guy. And it's 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 becoming more of a praise thing now because it's worked and that's ultimately what matters. But I think the pundits, it's easy for them to say this too. Their plan is to do what the Steelers and the Saints did, which is just push a boatload of money into the future, forget what the future might look like, and do everything you can to win a championship with Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger in their cases. And now, you know, the Steelers are the Steelers, so they're always good, and the Saints have been kind of average-ish. But the Patriots, that's another example of a team that did stuff like that with Tom Brady, but the Patriots had six championships in the bank, so that's not really a fair comparison in general. But – the Favre to Rogers stuff, it was the same talking points. Favre's awesome. We've never seen Rogers outside of that one cameo. He's your franchise legend. He is the Green Bay Pack. Like everything you guys think about Aaron Rodgers was true of Brett Favre and then like tenfold because the yeah. Packers were terrible before Favre was there, like terrible all the time. And Rodgers, now, don't get it twisted. Aaron Rodgers is a better all-time player, in my opinion, than Brett Favre is. But he had a quote-unquote easier situation from the standpoint of the Packers were good. Like, it wasn't a dormant well, it's, yeah. it's like the question of, like, I, I, I agree. I mean, I don't think there's any question that Rodgers is going to go down in history as a better player, just overall, better quarterback than Brett Favre was. But – who meant more to this organization? Yeah, and the answer to you that know, like question Favre, to me is Favre, Favre quite literally grabbed them out, out, out of the toilet bowl, right? Way, and and rose, to, rose to prominence with them. So the prominent quote Rogers from Ron Wolf, the prominent quote from Ron Wolf is We, so that meant him, Holmgren, Bob Harlan, and Favre, breathed breath into the lungs of the crown jewel of the NFL. And that it was like, you guys hear about the seventies and the eighties and all that stuff. Well, the seventies and eighties is what preceded Brett Favre. Right. So, you know, I'm just putting all that together. We'll get into the senior bowl stuff and everything like that. This isn't a Favre Rogers debate thing. I've often said the best part about rooting for the green Bay Packers is when somebody asks you who's better, who's greater, whatever your answer can be. I got to root for both of them. So that was nice. Cool. And now they got Jordan Love, who I'm not going to do that. He's the next Hall of Fame quarterback thing. He's played one season in like 10 good games. But I mean, I'd rather have him than not. I'd rather, I'd rather have, have him, him than not. 
as somebody who was a Jordan Love skeptic, I would also rather have him than not. So that's the case of where we're at now. Speaking of where they're at and where they're going, the, the senior bowl is, is completed now. Uh, it was played in Mobile last week. And the good news, Morley, on this note, so we'll do a little Jordan Love stuff since you uh, gave up on Jordan Love and I never stopped believing, <laughs> is that uh, the Packers have five picks in the top 100 to now build around a franchise quarterback. And, you know, if you had asked me in July, what's the best case scenario for Green Bay? Well, the best case scenario was, yeah, that they would – now, granted, I didn't know they were going to have that fifth pick, but that they have four picks in the first, what, two rounds to build around – or three picks in the first two rounds, I'm sorry. Three picks in the first two rounds to build around the franchise quarterback that they found during the season. The second best scenario was being bad enough to be in a position to pick a guy like Caleb Williams or Drake May. That ain't happening. Caleb Williams ain't coming. Drake May ain't coming. The Packers are picking 25th. They're not picking a quarterback. So that's good news because now what they can do is they can build around a team. It was really a tough, long-suffering month and a half where we really didn't know as to what the Packers had. October was rough. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it's a tough it's time. Dark. It's a dark October. Can't imagine going through that for third. How long have the Bears been around? 100 years, 100 plus. Can't be going, can't imagine going around doing that for 100 years. Yes. Not that, yeah. Not Bears that fans are welcome. Like, you know, like they're, they're welcome. Like, I mean, the writing's on the wall. Like, stop your pain. Just come on. We'll take you. Yeah, nobody will say anything. Just don't be weird. Just don't be weird over here, you know? Don't root Just for obviously bad players like Justin Fields, but the equivalent of that on the Packers, right? Yeah. Yep. Now, anyway, not a Justin Fields podcast, <laughs> not really. A, but I do want to go through just the the Jordan love of it all is that the Packers are now out of – it's funny because this time last year, rebuild was like a swear word to some people. But rebuild, reset, whatever you want to call it, whatever they were going through at this point last year, it's over, Right. The goal in Green Bay now is Super Bowl or bust. That is a byproduct of finishing in the postseason, winning a playoff game against a team that a lot of people had picked to go play on Championship Sunday, and taking the team that's playing. They might have taken the Super Bowl champions. I don't think so. But they might have taken the Super Bowl champions to the brink. Or, (laughs) at minimum, they will have either taken the champions to the brink or beaten them this year depending on how Sunday's game goes, right? One of those two things will have happened this year. The expectations next year are to win a championship. And coming into this year, that was not the case. I don't know who anybody was talking to. Like Brian Gutekunst even said, he said later that like Super Bowl or bust never left, but also said like he didn't come into the year with expectations. So it's like, yeah, you kind of, it kind of did like, Yeah, the goal was say the right things, but right. The goal was to win because it always is, but you kind of were okay if you didn't. The whole idea of a one year pass, if anybody had that, and I never really believed that they fully did, but that's gone. The goal now is Super Bowl or bust. And it's a welcome sight. Pressure is a privilege or something you put in tires. It depends on who you ask. But that is where the Packers are again. And it's a beautiful thing. And that's where the draft kind of starts because Morley last year, a lot of guys out of Mobile were in Green Bay after the draft was over. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think. A lot, like, of, guys, Carl, a lot of guys. In, a lot of guys in general. In general, Carl Brooks, Carl Brooks Christian Watson, Watson was Dobbs was Jordan Love Jade, was a Senior Bowl guy. Jaden Reed, uh, I think. Jaden Reed one. was a Senior Bowl guy. Zach Tom was a Senior Bowl guy. I mean, they like they like this event. They do, um, and there's. What's even more exciting about it now is obviously if you've been paying attention, you you know that you don't have to just be a senior anymore to go to the senior bowl. They've opened it up to underclassmen as well. So that made it, you know, a little bit more exciting this year as well. That you look at the senior bowl list and it is it is a who's who of you know who's gonna be top one hundred picks in this year's draft class. So there's a ton of talent in Mobile this year. The one thing that I wish they could have done or would have done or something was just the I think the best quarterback who played at the Senior Bowl this weekend was Spencer Rattler. But can you imagine if it was like 
Jaden Daniels and JJ McCarthy or Bo Nix yep. or, you know, just players like that. I get why Caleb Williams or Drake may maybe wouldn't do it, but some of these guys that Michael, Oh, Michael Penix, I'm sorry. Penix played. Uh, Penix was there. Nix was there. Yeah. And yeah, those guys, I wish JJ could have gone and, and I don't know. I don't know what the whole deal is. I, I know. And I can't imagine how tough it is to put these rosters together, especially with the late, that I felt like that was kind of late news this year that you could take these underclassmen. And I think a lot of these guys were promised spots and stuff like that. So it would have been good for JJ to go. But the other thing with the quarterbacks, and we do this every year with the quarterbacks, like, oh, they're struggling. This Bo Nix is struggling. Penix looks rough. Like, it's so hard for these quarterbacks to go to these practices with a bunch of brand new faces, new coaches, new environment. Um, also, a uh, little fun fact. I don't know how people know this. I, I'm sure a lot of people do. Maybe some don't. But they use a different football in the NFL than they do in the college football. And these guys, like, there is a little bit of an adjustment period with these guys. If you've ever thrown anything in your life, um, you understand that, like, you have preferences about how you like certain things, how you like the ball, how you know how how much you can rough it up, stuff like that. So I think some of that honestly has to play with everything. I mean, everything is brand new, and I think with the quarterbacks, like what you always look for is, you know, not necessarily how do how did they look right away, but like did they get better as the week went on, like as they got comfortable. And I think with the quarterbacks this year, um, that's kind of what we saw with them. Like especially, I'm thinking of like Bo Nix, who people the first couple of days, and it just I kind of roll my eyes, like oh Bo Nix is struggling. And then the last couple of days, he settles in and he looks every bit of a you know first round pick that he probably should be in this year's coming class. Hey friends, everyone this time of year is trying to get their year started off on the right foot and I am certainly no different. Football season takes its toll on me. So now is the time for me to start eating healthier, getting more sleep and getting the year started right. But eating healthy isn't always the easiest and it's far too time consuming to constantly run to the store or the butcher for healthy, fresh cuts of meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for me. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meats and seafood delivered directly to your door on your schedule. Choose from over 70 high-quality cuts of meat, including my favorite, 100% grass-fed ribeyes. You guys have to see the marbling on these things. They are beyond delicious, and they melt in your mouth. Add a little sea salt, a little black pepper, a little garlic powder. They are to die for. I know you're all busy, and you're probably listening to this now, running errands, mowing the lawn, or driving your kids to soccer practice, and that's exactly why the ease of Good Chop is going to be so perfect for you. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74, and they pride themselves on sourcing meat that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. They're so confident in their quality of cuts that they offer a 100% money back guarantee. So go to goodchop.com slash packaday120 and use code packaday120 to get $120 off your first four boxes. That's code packaday120 at goodchop.com slash packaday120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash packaday120 with code packaday120. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Well, and it's, you know, my, my pal, Owen Reese, who of the Shrine Bowl, also another all-star event that took place recently. He always says, it's a good thing that we can, we have four years of tape on Bo Nix that we can decide right. whether he's good or not instead of one week of practice. Yep. You know, and the, and the one week of practice, it's really, 
those weeks are about, or that week is about, are you competing? How are you interviewing? How are you doing in one-on-ones? Stuff like that. Right. Uh, and teams see through stuff like that. They know these guys are smarter. That's why they get paid. How do you practice? Like, what are your practice habits? Yeah, Show those me. matter. You know, that is something that, again, not to keep making this about Aaron Rodgers, but something like with Samari Toure was when he called him Captain Casual. It's like, probably not a good thing, man. You're an old rookie already. So you're kind of already behind the gun and a seventh round pick. You can't be casual in practice. You know, the, I've heard it. I think it was John Madden. used to always say like his best players were the guys who were the best in practice too. Like that whole thing where a guy stinks in practice or doesn't play that well and then lights it up when the game starts. That's very, very, very rare. that something mm-hmm. like that happens. And usually the best of the best it's, they treat everything like a game situation and they do it all the time. Um, but I'm not telling you guys anything that you don't know on that. Let's get into some of the stuff here uh, for some of the guys here. So some of the big names that came through and I wanted to talk about, to me, this draft is going to feature this draft class for the Packers. If they, They're projected to have 11 picks, I believe. And I believe that they will take multiple offensive linemen, uh, interior and offensive tackle. Like I, I guess I don't know how you feel about this, Morley. I know you hate – line of scrimmage football players in general and think football <laughs> should be seven on seven and lateral fest like the pro bowl is. But um, yeah. I think offensive tackle is in play as early as the 25th overall pick. I think that sure. if you were to tell me that Olu Fashanu or Joe Alt were somehow slipping into the 15, 16, 17 range, like those are guys I think the Packers would trade up to get. Uh, so that's where I think offensive line is in play as soon as, the 25th pick. And my rationale is not necessarily that I think Rashid Walker is a bad player. I'm not trying to say that at all, but Rashid Walker was rotating with Yosh Nyman halfway into November, early December. So that is, you know, the whole season is an evaluation, right? And since growth isn't linear, it's not like it just continues on this upward trajectory. And don't get me wrong. His performance against Dallas and San Francisco Top notch. That is left tackle of the future caliber stuff. His performances, some of them earlier in the season, eesh, like swing tackle mm-hmm. or backup swing ta- like type stuff, which I is mean, fine. He'd be, still- a, he'd be a great swing tackle. If you, you know what I mean? And, and this is why like, I think Green Bay is going to be into something like that. I don't know what they're going to do with David Bakhtiari. Check out Andy Herman's show that he had released. Yeah. To, well, we're recording on Monday. So it released on Monday to listen to some of that stuff. If Bakhtiari's back, the Packers value that swing tackle position quite a bit. You know, Yosh Nyman was a player they gave four million. A cap-strapped team gave a second-round tender to Yosh Nyman to give him $4 million last year to be a backup because their plan was Bakhtiari and Tom. And, like, for those that say it was a competition between Tom and Nyman, if it was, man, it was over in a hurry because Tom was just – Winner by total right. knockout. So they value that proved position. It and proved it all year, too. Like, I think you look at this offensive line and just looking at philosophy of going into this year's draft class, there are two guys out of the five that I think you just say, like, we're good. And that's Zach Tom and Elton Jenkins. Yes. The other three, you know, Maybe. I mean, for, Sean for sure. Sean is rotating Sean, in, never fully they, took that job. They like him. You know, obviously they like him, and he put some good stuff on tape. But, like, you know, if a, if a guy like uh, – oh, geez, I'm forgetting. They have the center from uh, Oregon, Jackson. Jackson Powers Powers. Powers Johnson. Jackson Powers Johnson. So, like, uh, you know, a big, huge center, you know, 6'3", 330. He can play guard. You know, he might be the best interior offensive lineman in this year's draft class. If he's sitting there at 25 and they take him, cool. You know, like, is he going to play center? Is he going to play guard? I don't know. He, he'll start at one of them. You know, and you just kind of go from there. Like, that wouldn't shock me at all. And I know a lot of people will a lot of people will say, like, ah, oh, they're not going to take an interior offensive lineman at 25 because, it, because they never have. And, like, I'll hear that. I'll hear that. But also, this team is unique to what they've had recently as well. I mean, you look at strictly from the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, there is a sect of Packers Twitter that if you even mention wide receiver, they come after you because, like, they've got 12 of them. Yeah, maybe, but maybe not. But that's not anymore. The they thing. don't, though. John Runyon's gone. <laughs> well, uh, I'm saying receiver, receiver. Oh, I'm but sorry. It's, yeah. it's, kind of, it's similar that, like, 
they have promise. They have promise there. They have players you like and players you believe in, but they don't really have anyone in the wide receiver room or the offensive line room that like, if there's a can't miss guy, there or someone they love, they're going to take that guy. And for the offense, you know, I do think they like the receiver room. And if they don't take a receiver at all in this year's draft class, like we look back at it and go, okay, like I, I get that. Um, the tight end position set quarterback. They're not taking one running back. There's not one worth taking at 25, right? So like if it's a quarterback, quarterback, not yeah. at 20. I'm saying not at oh, 25, like 25. Not not, not at not in like that early. They certainly could right. take one in the of course, but right, like right, right, right. uh but for this offense when you look at it say, "Well, what does this offense need then?" Why not make this offensive line a, a, just a, a, a rock wall, right? Like, why not just make this offense what a rock wall, I, I, brick wall? Uh, no, I was yeah. If I was you saying, can't I notice, I'm having build, build a wall, but I didn't want to build make, a like, wall. A political uh, reference on the. I'm also I'm also. If, I don't know if people notice this, but my eyes are watering. My nose is stuffy. Like I'm ha- like I have like the worst sinus infection right now. So talking like, about real football players makes Morley sick. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> As I'm literally saying here, like the one thing they could do with this offense is make this like go into this season with just being like our goal is to make this offensive line the best one in football because they have that opportunity because they have players. Like we said, we talked about promising players, players that they like, like what if they do take, you know, JPJ from Oregon and they play plug him in at center or guard. I know. They like they like Josh Myers. Like I don't know if they're looking to replace Josh Myers. We've talked about this, you know, off air as well. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But, but well, here's the other thing: is are they looking, <clears throat> maybe not to replace him, but do they want to give Myers a second contract? Because it's Myers' contract here. That's it, something. Yeah, I mean, maybe. that's not going to drive a pick at 25. But I'm with you. And frankly, just from this standpoint, I care. I understand that some positions and being good at those positions are more important than others. Yes, I understand yes. that. But I don't care so much that I am going to pass on. I made this comment earlier. I'm not going to not pick Zach Martin because he's a guard. I'm not going to not pick Quentin Nelson because he's a guard, and you can't do that. And that might be like that might be Fuaga in this year's draft class, right? Where people ultimately what people care about is did you pick a good player or not? Yeah, did you pick a good player or not? That's what people are going to remember when you get hired and fired. When Gutekunst is up for a contract extension or getting fired four years from now, they're not going to go like, man, you took Jackson Powers Johnson at 25, and he's awesome, but you should have taken a defensive back. Yeah, a defensive like, back that might have stunk. Right. But in, in this year's class, too, like I'm looking through the list and kind of just kind of racking my brain, like who's – who had nice weeks like Fuaga is, from Oregon State is obviously a stud. He's probably not going to be there at 25. Like, I don't like being that guy, but that's there's a very real possibility he's just not even sure. available. I will say Graham Barton, the kid from Duke, if yep. he is available, I'm, I want to get this on record. If he is available for the Packers at 41, that is the pick. Like, I, I will, would be, I would be shocked if that's not the pick if he's there. At can I give some steam, some smoke? Yes, so I had somebody who's. Smart, smarter than I am. Smarter, well, smarter than more. That's a little more clear. Was it me? No, it was not you. It was not you. It wasn't any. It's somebody you know, but not somebody like we talked to. Morley and I are in like fifteen group chats with thirty different people. But, it is weird that we're we're in a lot of them together, and then we have to say it to other. Anyways, that's insider trading. But go ahead. Tell <laughs> somebody who's really smart said he's Elton Jenkins, but better. Yeah. I believe I mean, that. And I don't know about better, but like, sure. But like, just with he can play all five. I think he, the, the guy that I was actually going to compare him to is Zach Tom. Because if you remember that draft cycle two years ago, Zach Tom was just in every Packers mock draft. Yes. It's just like Packer. That's a Packer. So the draft, draft that I won that year. I had you Tom in it Tom? because of yeah. that. Yeah, I think he was yeah. my first pick. Well, and I know the draft draft that we did, and I, and I'm, I remember when you took him. I think it was me, you, and Ross. We're all just like, ah, <laughs> like great pick. Like there's one, that's probably, and that's but that's how you feel about Barton. It's just like he just you know, testing aside. That all has to happen still. But you just watch the tape. You look at his versatility. Like he keeps his butt pointed at the quarterback in pass protection, just like they like and. I just, man, if he's there at 41, I just think, like, 
they're doing backflips, and that's just the pick. So he's he's a stud. Um, the other guy that I think they're going to like a lot is the Kansas kid, Dom, uh, Dominic Pooney, who mm-hmm. plays all over the place as well. Testing is going to be big with him, but he's another one that I would not be shocked um, if Green Bay is very interested in. Someone that I think is interesting, I don't – Two guys that I think are really interesting as far as interior guys. I don't know if the Packers will be interested in them, uh, but I like a lot. One is Cooper Beebe out of Kansas State. Um, just physical mauler yeah, on the inside. He's a guard, 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 guard all day long. You put him there and you forget about it. I just don't think he's going to test like the Packers like. And then a guy that I think will probably test like the Packers like, and he's also very good as the UConn kid, Christian Haynes. Christian Haynes, um, and he, he had a good week in Mobile too. Yep, you saw his name quite a bit. So um, that's another. Jordan Morgan is another one out of Arizona that is yep. very much like a Packers prototype. There's a lot of there is a lot of offensive linemen in this year's draft class that you can kind of point to and be like, I think the Packers are going to like this guy. The issue is, I don't think a lot of them are like. 25th overall pick Graham Barton maybe like I don't know he might be the, he might with be way, like, with the way Green Bay set up I could see them I mean granted I don't speak in absolutes I don't do that I actually kind of make fun of the people that do that that's kind of my my niche here in this this little draft community uh but you know like the Packers never take inside linebackers in the first round until they took Quay Walker they don't take old people old. until they took Devontae sure Wyatt they, they did that in the same draft so like I don't I, – I mean, I'm pretty sure the Packers are still going to lean into what they normally do, you know, offensive tackle, pass you know, pass rusher, whether that's edge or defensive tackle, cornerback or safety. But, like, one other thing that I think you can say pretty solidly about Brian Gutekunst is just because they need something – like, they didn't take a safety last year until Anthony Johnson in the seventh round. And that was their next to last pick, and they needed one pretty badly, and they he, they just didn't. He he will not take a position. Yeah. He will. He does well. And the other thing is, and I like this about him. I think this is one of Gutekunst's strengths. He won't take a position just to say he took one. Right. You no, know, you don't. You, That's what I again, mean. Like last year, tight end. Tight end was like this is a generationally. Oh, strengths of the draft. Yes. Yes. Yeah, strength. He took two of them. Right. And so, like, he'll he'll do that. He's like, where. Where do the strengths of this draft lie? I will take – I'll just dip into that because – Right. I mean, that's just the numbers game, right? Like, hey, there's 25 good tight ends in this class. Cool. That means some of them will be available later where they typically wouldn't be, and I'll take those guys. You know, and that's what he did. And and we've seen that before with him. And uh, we've seen we've seen him try to do it in other spots as well. Like, I know it seemed like three years in a row they were desperately trying to take a receiver, and then just eight of them went off the board before they could get – one right so it's it is interesting to see kind of how he attacks this stuff and the thing about Goody uh it seems like he's getting better right it seems like he's continuing to grow in that position as well I think Mm -hmm. he's someone that kind of learns from his mistakes um and 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 is able to hit on some of these picks I mean he's knocked the last two drafts out of the park can he do it a third time in a row he's got the ammunition so yeah and if he does I mean we're talking about these will be the you know, Ted, with Ted Thompson, it was the draft class. That, well, obviously the one with Aaron Rodgers, but Rodgers, Collins, Collins first, Greg Jennings, two, Jordy. Like Ted, Ted Thompson's first two draft picks were Aaron Rodgers and Nick Collins. Not bad, kid. Um, not bad. Yeah. So these are the draft classes like that. If the Packers win a championship in the near future, we're talking. Obviously, the whole storyline will be about Jordan Love, but it'll be all of the the guys. Also, you know, Zach Tom's a bookend piece. Um, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, just all that stuff. I don't need to go through all that stuff. But, yeah, the senior ball was interesting. Um, Just getting through, like I said, I think it's an offensive line-centric draft. And and I think the Packers have a roster that I wouldn't say it's perfect, obviously, by any stretch. The safety room in itself is a disaster at the moment. and It's It's not a great safety class either. No, and that's where I'm like when everybody's saying, "Oh, what safety will they pick at 25? I'm like, I don't know that they will. Like, I don't think they should. I don't know, honestly. I don't and know that they'll pick one in the. Is like, that I think, safety? Is that safety a corner? And does he play for Iowa? Because that's uh, the yeah. best safety in this year's draft class, honestly. Yeah, and I do wonder with Cooper DeGene is what something that Gutekunst said that was encouraging to me at least was talking about how like the safety and nickel positions are interchangeable. 
And like you ask yeah. these guys to do so much in defense and blah, blah, blah. Like I hope that Jeff Halfley's hire uh, as a defensive coordinator causes them to value that position a smidge more uh, because they've really over the last, what I think the Gutekunst's first year they went with, or 2019 LaFleur's first year, it was Tremont Williams. And then it was Channon Sullivan. And after Channon, it was, <clears throat> Oh God, who the hell was it? Um, I mean, they kind of recycled like Shamar John Charles, Keyshawn Nixon, which I think Nixon is bad. Nixon played better last year than what the pro football focus numbers say he did, but he also is a player that you can upgrade from as your, you know, third preferred defensive back. So, I mean, to me, I think the Packers could stand to add like three or four defensive backs in this draft class. And I wouldn't complain at all. Like, if you told me they came out of the draft class with Cooper DeGene and Mike Sainer still, I'm good. Because one of those guys is going to be good at safety and the other one's going to be good at nickel corner. And with so much emphasis on the middle of the field defense, I'm not trying to get into the whole, like, outside corners don't matter because that's not true. Obviously, duh, Jair Alexander is as valuable as they come. But Green Bay did survive this year with Corey Ballantyne and Carrington Valentine at times throughout the course of the year as well that if Green Bay were to say like, hey, we're going to gamble on Eric Stokes and Valentine if Stokes can't go and we're just going to try and fix this nickel and safety spot, I'd be okay with that. Now, if, you know, the kid from Clemson or either of them kids from Alabama or somebody like that are sitting there and they're like, no, we're going to do this again, I'm down with that too. Or if they think DeGene, like you mentioned, is an outside corner, I think personally that DeGene could play, and I'd like to see his combine numbers for sure, but outside corner, inside corner, and safety. Any of those, I think he would be yeah. good at. I think uh, he would. I made I the running. Like, yeah, the running joke. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Which the joke that I'm going to make to you is whatever is just from past scars is whichever one he's better at. The Packers will play him at the other position. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, he'll probably play linebacker. I don't know. That's what Good Lord. I think he could be dumb. an over. He can be an overhang defender. Uh, yeah, this this and, and DeGene obviously wasn't at the the uh, senior, senior bowl. bowl. No. He is someone that is going to and is already being talked about a great deal. And he's been put in a lot of mock drafts for the Packers at 25. That is uh, but- DeGene to me is almost like the Lucas and not again, not to compare him to another white guy from Iowa, but like it's almost the same idea of it's almost too perfect. Like when yeah. I remember last year at the time of the combine, it was funny. Cause then we all just kind of forgot about it for a while, but Van Ness after the combine, we were like, okay, so he's going to be the pick for green Bay. And then as the draft got closer, we just were like, oh, well, maybe they'll go with the receiver or maybe they'll like, you know, Miles Murphy from Clemson or or any of those guys. And then they picked Van Ness. We were all just kind of like, oh, duh. Like, of course they did that. Yep. So that's the case. And if that is DeGene, I'd I'd do backflips. I really would. And with – 
I know this is senior bowl thing. We keep talking about DeGene, but if they're if they're really going to run this cover one defense, I, I think people need to understand what a premium position that single high safety is. Well, like, that's why the, something that's encouraging, though, <laughs> is that Gutekunst said that Halfley is going to come in and assess the personnel and try and fit the scheme to what yeah. they have. So they don't they probably don't have that safety. And like for everyone that's like, oh, just go Most sign don't. Antoine Winfield. Like that's not he doesn't really, really what that. he is either. He's a really good player. Peter Baker doesn't really do that. No, yeah, you know, like that's the it's Packers. Think Earl Thomas, like Earl Thomas, Ed Reed. Those guys are like the best two to ever do it. They're both Hall of Famers, you know. And like right. that's what if you're truly going to live and cover one, you need like a damn near Hall of Fame level safety back there because they're just really, really hard to find. And I think DeGene could be that guy. Like, I mean, he's a punt re- like he's a punt returner. Like, let him go back there, just ball hawk. Like, I think he can really do that, but. Uh, and, and I don't think like uh, at this year's senior bowl, like I don't think they're re- like any of those safeties were really there at Kinchins maybe can do it. I think um, the kid out of Miami, the safety I, he's, he's got some of that to him, but uh, man, it's, it's really, really tough. And uh, it, it's going to be fascinating to see like what they do. And I know Goody, he also said though, too, like we're not really going to change our process on who we like on the defensive side of the ball either. So that, that kind of cues you in on like they're probably still going to go after the big edges. They like those two hundred seventy pound plus freak athletes. Uh, they're probably going to stick. Line. They're going to stick with their you know their thresholds at corner and all that stuff. Um, so that will be interesting and something to pay attention to. But someone that I you talk about thresholds, you talk about guys that are big edge rushers. The guy that I think kind of stole the show this year. Was Darius Robinson? Darius Robinson. The, yep. The, the 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 defensive lineman for out of Missouri, someone that coming into the week, um, I had heard kind of some people say like, wait till wait till like you see this guy with the other big boys. Like he is a he is a, a man amongst boys, and you know everything that we liked about Van Ness last year, and everything that the Packers liked about Van Ness last year. Darius Robinson is like that. You know, he he is a guy very much like that. He might, you know, this time last year, Van Ness was kind of like in that in this range, like the 25 to 32 range until came till draft time and he went top 15. That could happen with Robinson as well. But I'm just saying, if we know what we know about the Packers, and I think we do know what we know about the Packers, they will take a pass rusher. They don't care. And that's smart. And that's good football teams do that because – you cannot have too many of those guys. Darius Robinson, like you think about, you know, how you you want to be multiple up front. You want to go to odd fronts. You want to go to even fronts. You want to be able to rotate guys in. Guys, he can rush from the inside. He can rush from the outside. He can rush with his hand up. He can rush with his hand down. He plays the run. He can get after the quarterback. Like, And this is all that, like, I think I said today in my mock draft, I was like, if Lucas Van Ness and Rashawn Gary had a baby, and that baby was the same size as Carl Brooks. Like that is what Darius Robinson is because he is like, except, I mean, he's what you would draw up in a lab. Like his, he's got almost a seven foot wingspan. He's six, five, he's two ninety, damn near. He's allegedly going to test very well. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. I just, I'm just saying, I wouldn't be shocked if, if it gets to that pick, he's sitting there. The Packers are just like him. Take him. Well, and here's and the thing for everybody to be like, because I I always kind of get a little iffy with the notion of they're set there. Okay, but think about it this way, right? Gary just got signed to a contract extension, so he's here, and he's going to be here for at least two more years, if not longer. They just drafted Lucas Van Ness in the first round, started to turn a corner at the end of the year, but there's no guarantee he's anything more than a rotational player if he's even that. Preston Smith, who I thought was awesome, especially to finish the year. I often make the joke Packers fans have been shoving him out of Green Bay for like four years now. But at some point, Father Time is going to catch up to him, and he's going to look like a player that's not as good. Kingsley Anikbari finished the season with a torn ACL. And that was an ACL he tore against Dallas, right? Uh, No, Chicago. Uh, Chicago, one of the, la- one of the, of the last year. couple of games. It's End going, of the year. It will he most likely in, affect. Yeah, he tore it in January. Season. A nine-month recovery has him back in October. 
So there's that. Brenton Cox Cox, like once. What do you know about him? Yeah. I think the number actually was four. I think Brenton Cox played four snaps this year. So I would know what's better. Do you know what's better than Rashawn Gary and Lucas Van Ness? Two of them? Two of them. Or I mean, and that that's such a high effort position that I don't think it's any coincidence that once they kind of took the training wheels off of Rashawn Gary, his production went down a little bit. Some of that could be coming back from the injury still. Some of it can just be like maybe he's better just rushing the passer 20 times a game. I can tell you, like, and I'm not going to make this a a Michigan show, but one of the talking points around their team was they literally did hockey line changes on their defensive line. And they'd say one of the advantages that defense had was this player just goes hard for four or five snaps and then he's out for, you know, six or seven. And then he comes back and does the same thing. And then that keeps guys fresh down the stretch. And yeah, I think there's certainly something to that. Um, You know, the Eagles last year, the Eagles that won the Super Bowl against the Patriots, they had guys they could do line. Green Bay is close to being able to do that. Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, Carl Brooks, from an interior standpoint, that's pretty solid rushing the passer. The edge group, I think, could use a little bit of love. That doesn't mean it needs to be the 25th overall pick, but if they take one in the top 100, I mean, I think I've just talked myself into saying they should, (laughs) you know, but just between going over everything like that, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that at defensive tackle either. It really, the beautiful part of this whole thing is we're all kind of in this unknown stage because we don't know what Jeff Halfley wants to do with the defense. And I think that what seems clear off of the hire of Halfley was that again, the, the, the popular phrasing these days is hire the coach, not the scheme. But to me, it was also, they wanted to hire somebody who can teach and Halfley's background as a defensive backs coach at Ohio state. And even prior to that, when he was in San Francisco and Cleveland and some of these other places, that background and being a head coach, I mean, there's some value and some merit to being excited about that. Now, does that mean the defense is going to be good automatically? No. Um, you know, they still got a ways to go. And, and in my opinion, this defense was not a defensive coordinator change away from being a top 10 unit. You know, I think they need some help in, in a variety of places. And, and we've gone through some of that stuff too. More like get some uh, closing thoughts here. I just – the, you know, I think you're right. Well, like, I think they're going to go after the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, guys that really stood out this week, you know, Robinson, probably the biggest one, uh, the Quinion Mitchell out of uh, Toledo, the corner, outside corner, press man corner. Uh, they want to talk about playing press man. Max Melton had a good week. Both brother, brother for him. Um, and it's it's not just because his last name's Melton. It's not just because Bo became you know a fan favorite the last like four weeks of the season. Max can play. No, and, from uh, a culture standpoint too. That's I mean he comes from a, a solid background there. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so he's you know, that stuff. Uh, the it's rake, small stuff, but yeah, the rake straw kid dropped out early, but he's a nice player from Mizzou. Another Mizzou defender. Uh, you know, the the Maryland safety, uh, Bo Braid, Brady, I don't know how you say it. He had a nice week. Um, I think he could be a fun player. For he had Green some Bay. nice moments too from, I mean, I obviously watched a lot of Big Ten football, but he had some, I mean. He's a good player. Yeah. And Maryland is the, their good players pop a little bit more when they play like, you know, Michigan and Ohio State and those top tier programs, just because it's like, oh, you're doing this against like NFL factory Buckeye team. So that, you know, that matters a little bit, carries some weight at least. Uh, I think they're going to take a, they're going to take a linebacker. <laughs> I think they're going to take one earlier than people think. Yep. Um, it's, it seems like at the shrine game, they talked to every linebacker that was there, you know, it well, like and that's another position group that, that like it's Quay Walker and McDuffie. I don't and is McDuffie somebody that like McDuffie got to rotate in last year, but then he got dinged both times too. And he's a smaller yep. guy. So, I mean, McDuffie has the built-in advantage of having played for Halfley before, but what's that? I can't picture Devondre Campbell being back in Green Bay. He's a shell of himself, and there were enough – there's enough, like, smoke to believe that maybe he's a little unhappy. Maybe he doesn't want to be here. Maybe he doesn't want to be here. But that's – a guy that reminds me of Dre a little bit is, you know, the Peyton Wilson kid out of North mm-hmm. Carolina State, just lanky, you know, arms and legs. 
and just a vacuum to the football. Uh, and that was Goody's vision when he put him next to Quay Walker was just yep. these alien arms in the middle of the field. Yep. It obviously hasn't worked out that way as of yet. But And that's another thing, like with Quay Walker, I just mentioned him in the linebacker room. It's it's Walker and what else? But like Walker needs to take a step. And I am as vocal of a Quay – well, maybe not as vocal, but I'm a pretty vocal Quay Walker guy. Like I still think that yeah. there's something to tap into there that I'm ready to figure out if that's there. But, and that's the but, is they have to do it. You know, that's the that's the hard part with some of the stuff. Like when we're talking about guys you can rely on. I remember after his rookie season, and I know there's a horrific injury that goes into this too, but that can happen too. Eric Stokes. Like how often have we talked about, Jair Alexander said it's Strap City with him and Stokes. Never seen it. You know, Stokes struggled as a second-year player, had a horrible injury, and last year he was placed on injured reserve twice. So, yeah. and anything, and in my opinion, and this sucks that it is that way, but I think almost anything you get from Stokes has to be viewed as a bonus. Just, so just we'll do, yep. we'll do, uh, we'll do like a roster breakdown and all that stuff as we get into Morley real quick, just like two sentences or less. Why are the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl? And what's the final score? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> okay, forty-five yeah, to zero. 45-0? No, I don't know. Uh, I think Mahomes Mahomes is just Mahomes, man. He's inevitable, and he is mm-hmm. an absolute psychopath as far as competing. And I just think he's going to raise his level of play to whatever it needs to be to win the game. I think it is close. I think it's like – I think it's a 24-17 game. I don't think it's that high score. I think both defenses are good, but I just think Mahomes yep. is going to be whatever he needs to be. I'm with you there. I also think the Chiefs, we talked about this last week, are like the anti-Packers. They catch the ball that's thrown to them by the opposing quarterback, so they're going to catch the Brock Purdy wounded ducks that are inevitably thrown right to them. Uh, And like I said, Patrick Mahomes, to me, only guy in front of him is Tom Brady. And I think that the – And he's closing ground. Yes, he is. And Mahomes and Reed and the Chiefs are like the new baby version of – the Patriots, Belichick, Brady dynasty. And I think that gets cemented because this will be what? Three out of four? Three out of five? Three out of five. I think it's yeah. Three out of five and back-to-back. And they'd be the first back-to-back champion since uh, Brady's Patriots back in the early 2000s. So I like the Chiefs as well. I think it's 24-20. And uh, Kyle Shanahan, the most overrated coach in professional football, loses another big game. So congratulations to Kyle for that. Flat-brimmed Kendall Roy, as my friend Monty Moore might like to call him. We're out of time. Check out the show at Back of Day Podcast. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll have plenty of draft stuff. That's kind of what Morley and I like to do. Morley, if somebody were to maybe want to think about talking about some of these prospects or something like that, what's do you have anything? Uh, we got some stuff in the works. Uh, if you're watching Ross's daily breakdown, he's he's got a link that you can click, and you can already pre-order the Green Bay Draft Guide powered by Packer Report. Um, I think we will do our launch, you know, our official, official launch where you'll see it all over the place after the Super Bowl where you can pre-order. Um, I think we're still working on details on far as like what's what's going to cost this year. Last year, I think it was $8.99, probably be something similar to that. Uh, but if you pre-order, I think you can save yourself a couple bucks. But uh, it's awesome. You should get it. And it's just going to be it's just going to be better this year. I'm, I'm so excited about what what we have planned and what's coming, what's coming for you guys. So much profile goodness of what is in that guide. I've done it for the last two years. Uh, and they have, like I said, so many people in that class. And I think we've talked about a boatload of players that have ended up in Green Bay uh, and just what their fit is. And the, the thing about this guide that's different from, you know, and I've written for some national draft guides before too, is this is specific to your team. So if you want something specific to your Green Bay Packers, yep. why they we'll tell fit, you how they fit. We'll tell yep. you how they fit. And then sometimes they take guys like Quay Walker after we tell you that's never going to happen to. So that's kind of the fun. I don't know if we whole. said that though. I don't, I don't know, know if we, we said, said that, that, but I know that was like a general talking point was they don't take linebackers, you know, something they don't. or something yeah, to well, them. They do. They do. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. But we're out of time. Uh, Check us out on Twitter, X, whatever you call it these days, all that good stuff. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we will see you on the other side and in the offseason.